Um, thanks so much for listening, guys. But Craig's here. We were gonna we were gonna do a different podcast with Craig, but we might just follow on since we're all here and do another twenty minutes. And um, do you guys want to position yourself so you can share that mic? You might have to go <laughs> cheek to cheek, <laughs> as in as in cheekbone to cheekbone. Yep. Um, uh, and if you put that mic in the middle there, in the middle, push it back a little bit towards the table. There we go. Testing. Hello. Hello. Hey, Mike. I mean, hey, Craig. <laughs> <laughs> I've had way too much coffee now. That's two mics. Well, you Thanks. were kind of talking to a mic. Yeah, yeah, that, that's yeah. high this microphone. is almost drained. Yeah, so we're on to Five Letter Thursday. <laughs> well, we could do Five Letter Fridays. We well, could. This is Friday for us. Yeah, 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 yeah so totally. We totally. work a four-day week. Totally and, week. French and, Friday. Yeah. <laughs> um, Craig has joined us from Caravella Coffee. Uh, we've been working with Caravella Coffee for... I don't know, is it five Long, or six years? Longer than I've been with Caravella, yeah. that's for sure. Mm. And, um, and so much appreciation and gratitude to you guys for making our lives as easy as possible and more than anything, um, sending us outstanding coffee, you know, transparency, um, makes our lives so much easier. You know, on a technical level, the densities, the moistures, the, you know, the coffees just arrive beautifully. Um, uh, um, you can... Grab that seat if you like. Are you, are you out of here? I'm All oh, right, okay, don't worry about it. So, yeah, you know, so much gratitude to you guys and thanks for the support and uh, thanks for visiting. So, we're, we're it obviously. It goes both ways. Thanks, Craig. You know, I think it's, that's the whole idea of a relationship, is it's not a one way stream. Yeah. That's for sure. Mm. So, you, you guys are in Manly. We're in Byron, so you've flown up for, for the day. Um, doing, you're doing a cupping with the Seven Mile crew in Brisbane. Yeah, yeah. So got a tonight actually. Tonight. So got a little event there. Um, actually, part of part of that event, I'm going to show what we call our impact report. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you've actually seen that, but I can even show you guys. And it essentially just shows the impact that we have on the ground, um, how many lives we're affecting, and 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 what what good we're trying to do. Um, you know, the pathway, what what we're spending and where, and um, just an infrastructure and improvements, things like that. So it's, it's really interesting. Really, It's 2016, so I, I guess it's a tad dated now because we've had growth, yeah. therefore more revenue, therefore so the, the, more... The numbers have changed slightly. Yeah, that they'll be updated again in the next cool. couple of months and I'll be able to wheel out a, a new version. Yeah. I suppose that's, that's probably something that we, we struggle with as far as, you know, betterment, you know, how are we bettering the... The, our, the coffee growers and producers yeah. and, and how we you know that's you know like you, you can write all this stuff in the information card as much as you like you know we don't know the, we don't know the producers personal, yeah, exactly. personally but it's great to have that connection throughout throughout yeah, our exporter I, I have a personal saying which is quality wins and, and I know it's fairly similar to, to some of the directives of, of people like Alejandro um, but I think ultimately if someone's investing in quality there is a much higher chance that additional funds are flowing their way through every part of the chain. And I think it's the thing that consumers can latch onto the most as well. It's like, would you rather pay more for the same quality or would you rather pay more for high quality? Yeah. And the answer is high quality every time. So yeah. um, consumers don't mind paying a bit more, roasters don't mind paying a bit more. Yeah. We can then, so it just everyone, and if, everyone it, wins. if we go back to the you know we we started this podcast this morning this chat with talking about kilo price you know the right. you know like if coffee was a hundred dollars a kilo yeah it's like so it's, say it's like ten to fifteen dollars a kilo now for blend let's just yeah. say it's in that range right so if coffee was to go up by ten times you know our cost would be a hundred dollars a kilo exactly. that's still like as far as green cost is concerned it's like gone from being fifteen cents for a cup cost green to like you know one dollar cost green you know this you know coffee could be two hundred dollars a kilo coffee could be three hundred dollars a kilo and there is still enough margin for everyone to make money like you know you, you know if you would get a great cup of coffee and you pay eight dollars for it you know there is still margin there you know, yeah. as far as i can see I, I you know was, the I percentage margin the, the percentage margin is obviously going to be different exactly. but, but the dollar margin yeah. is going to be there you know i think I was asked recently whether I'd be willing to pay $10 for a cup of coffee. Yeah. And, and I said, of course I would. I, I wouldn't be... I, wouldn't I be think working. we all have. Yeah. We all, we've, all, we've all paid more than $10. Every day, though, or any day. Mm. And, and yeah. uh, my answer is, of course. And, uh, and I think, ultimately, if you really do want people at that end to have a better life, then we, yeah, we have to make the sacrifice absolutely. at some point. And yeah. that sacrifices the consumer. And it's the same. It, it'll flow through. 
I'd be willing to pay ten dollars for a cup if it meant everyone through the chain gets a little bit more of a, a portion. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, how much would you pay for a cup of coffee? Would I? Yeah. I don't know. It's not really a. There's not really a limit on it. I mean. Like, I've paid twenty. I think. I think the most I've paid is like between ten and fifteen. Um, but also like. It's hard because I I can't remember what it was like. I so think maybe like, I, maybe I was. I, I, I paid. I paid like, you know, I think I just paid like, twenty bucks for, a, for. A but I think some of my most memorable coffees have been ones I paid three fifty for. Yeah, but let's <laughs> or made make myself. It, yeah, I was going to say or not know? paid at all. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I would. I would pay ten dollars for a cup. Like, it's can say I bought. I'd be more happy to pay. More for coffee if I was brewing myself at home or something because. I think it's that easy to brew coffee yourself at home Definitely. really well now that the, the going out for coffee for $10 a day every day isn't really necessary. Right? The idea of paying an absolute premium for good quality, well-roasted brown coffee that's passed on to the farmer, obviously, taking it home and putting it through your own batch brewer is far more appealing than going in and getting a... Hand brewed beast. I don't know if that's just because we've all got trust <laughs> issues <laughs> or control yeah, freaks, but yeah, yeah. You know, yeah like, right, but, you but hey, you know, coffee is that easy to make at home. If we're looking at boundaries as far as like where someone's willing to spend money, I mean, you just got to look at the avocado toast phenomenon, right? You know, someone's yeah. happy to pay fourteen dollars for a third of an avocado with two pieces of toast, or fourteen dollars, or fifteen dollars, or sixteen dollars, or seventeen dollars, mm. eighteen dollars. There's I mean, some good-looking avocado know, on toast, though. Yeah, yeah, you know, you know, you know, you know, but. You know, as far as someone's willing to spend, like, you know, for that convenience. Yeah, I always use the, the vending machine phenomena. So um, you, you can get something spat out of a vending machine that, you know, I don't have anything against any particular business model, but there's certain conglomerates that get their products, food or, or beverage, into vending machines, and they can get spat out at $5. And no one seems to bat an eyelid at that, yet they'll they'll complain on 10, 20, 30 cents of that handcrafted product in that beautiful cafe with that nice fit out. Yeah. And it's had a great local roaster deliver their really good product yeah, yeah. to them. Creating that. an experience that's not exactly. walking into an, uh, you know, an empty exactly. shop and mm. you know, approaching a robot. Yeah. You know, I, um, I mean, beer's the same. Do you pay for the beer or do you pay for the nice couch you're sitting on? And, absolutely. And yeah, yeah, yeah. So what's that? It's that environment. And did you hear that, everyone? It's like, it's the environment. Like, work on that. I mean, it's that's, the whole package. That, 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 that's the appeal, mm. right? That's the appeal. And But making sure that we create a distinction between what a, what is a $10 cup and what's a $3 cup because, you know, there's so much of the market that we're not necessarily involved in that don't actually pay anything for that. You know, it's such low-grade coffee and there's this, you know, understanding in the general consumer market that all coffee's the same and all coffee costs the same amount and all coffee goes through the same processes from start to finish, but it doesn't. There's so much love and care that goes into specialty-grade coffee and it should be the, rewarded. The, the price difference doesn't reflect that. No. no. And, 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 and I, I was talking to someone about this this week. It was just yesterday, actually. It's like the visual interpretations. I mean, you know, you, you know the, actually the entry to barrier, the barrier entry, like, you know, to... to um, to specialty coffee is actually pretty cheap. You just buy a coffee machine and a grinder, put on a bench, all of a sudden you're a specialty coffee operator. Mm. Do you know? And and um, uh, you can you know you you can be awesome or you can be a phony, and and uh, um, the costs are similar. Does that make sense? That, like, you know, that brings up the age-old question of what specialty. And I think yeah. if you ask the average, uh, even specialty coffee person in Australia, they, they would talk about things such as the, the brand of coffee machine on a bench and they would talk about the visual aesthetic of the cafe or the fit out and so on and so forth. And then you travel the world and it's it's um, cup quality and, and, and coffee quality mm. because specialty is essentially meant to be a grade yeah. that provides people with a good living and I think that there needs to be that differentiation. You can still have that amazing coffee machine. You can, you know, you can be that real sort of ultra specialty niche end and that's amazing. But um, you're right, and I think that's where the, the non-specialty is, is unfortunately jumping on the coattails of the people yep. that really are spending the extra mm. money on good quality green, and, yeah. and they are selling their final product for very close to the same. It's like almost there's, there's specialty coffee and then there's specialty shops. Yeah. Exactly. Or specialty fit-outs, pretty much. Like, mm. Yeah. You can and don't get me wrong, I think 
the fit outs are great and I think they should be a good indicator on someone that is also spending the money in the other yeah. in the other parts. Yeah. So I think it, it would be great to see the whole package so that consumers don't have an issue with handing over ten dollars. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I just I don't I, it, I'm sure at some point soon it's going to be clear like what will make the difference some will do something and and you go oh that's now specialty and it's a it's you know a clear decision I don't know how it's served or or and that's like oh wow that is you know you, you know if you walk into a, a pub you know what you're going to get you know based on fit out you, you know you walk in and it's and it's beautiful, a, be- a beautiful fit out in a pub, and, and there's a menu, you know, and it's and a basic pub menu, but the fit out is nice. You know what kind of food you're going to get if you walk in and you compare yeah, that to a ten dollar steak or a twenty dollar steak. You know exactly what you're going to get. Correct. Yeah, it's yeah. Correct. Based on the environment, but it's not the case in coffee. You know, it's, you could walk into a, yeah. a cafe that has all the gear, and you know, the house blend has, you know, what you know. Anyway. But surely if they got a beard and some tats, that's usually a good sign. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so, I'm interested to know, Craig, with obviously the, the specialty producers, you're investing back into the farmers and helping them have a better holistic business. How much of the coffee... The, of the, the entire coffee that a producer produces doesn't come up to specialty grade? Oh, it's an inter- interesting question. Um, in some areas, you can have, say, let, let's say hypothetically someone overseeing uh, 10, 10 farms or 10 operations and only four of them are specialty grade. Mm-hmm. Um, you can have farmers whereby a massive portion of what they produce is still not specialty grade. I think that's for us why we feel that 83 plus is important. Yeah. Um, obviously, we for, for entry. Yeah, for entry, um, because it, allow, it allows it, us to take a larger portion yeah. of that farm and and it gets them on board too, right? Exactly. You know, and, and it's the beginning. Yeah. You know, if you if you're making 85, how do they get from 83 to yeah, 85 exactly. without your involvement, right? That's exactly right. So, um, I think there is probably a misconception as to to how little there is that's actual specialty, and even in our impact report. I think it says something along the lines of from 22,000 deliveries of coffee or something along those lines, 480 were good enough to be classified as a separate microlot. So that's, yeah, right. you know, 480 still sounds like a lot of microlots, and it is, but comparative, it's something at like 2.4%. Is, 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 it, is it true that you have uh, an excess supply? Like, the, like you know, is... A, is in the last five years, has the processing and and the systems gotten to the point where um, you can supply plenty? Like, is is, is supply an issue? Uh, Yes and no. It's still seasonal. So what what might be an abundance one season could have a moderate shortfall the following. So there needs to be an understanding of how that's going to flow on. So hypothetically, if we just decided to take every single volume of coffee we could possibly get our hands on and get it out to as many people as we possibly could, but then a season later there was a bit of a shortfall, you'd have a you'd have a, a supply gross, issue. Yeah, you'd have a supply issue. So I think it's about knowing your market as well. Yep. But um, I think... Having some redundancy in, yes. in the supply. We're, we're obviously always finding new, um, new producers. We're also helping producers get into specialty. We're helping specialty produce more yeah. specialty or higher grade and so on. So that's definitely happening. H- um, how long does it take to get um, a regular farmer who's passionate? Yep. Just they're, they're, they're obviously growing commodity and not, not selective harvesting and doing all those small things that create specialty. Yep. How long does it take to get a farm, farm and producer from that to producing great coffee? Uh, believe it or not it, I, I have actually asked that exact question of Alejandro and there's a belief that in one single harvest if, if someone applies as many of the philosophies that we believe create good coffee yeah. they can get themselves there yeah. uh, and that possibly within even a single harvest and, and let's say you know, Tomorrow. within two years yeah, yeah. They, they could get themselves into sort of that 85 category um, yeah. I mean if you think about really basic things like drying for longer 
um, raising beds as opposed to patios, um, yeah. having some yeah. sort of shade. That's clean done. Clean done and then yeah. sweet selected, exactly. har select, selected harvesting, yeah. hand picking, um, good fermentation sorting. times, nice clean tanks. Yeah. You know, these yeah. are all real, yeah. real basics. Um, that's that's let alone. So it's infrastructure like, more yeah. than anything else, right? It's yeah. like it's like building the beds, building the the mills, the yeah. washing stations. Which is why we. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's there and, more than anywhere else, right. I guess. Yeah, right. And creating the, you know, the uh, understanding within the farmers to make sure that those simple processes are followed and actually do matter. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so, yeah. so the processing, more so than the actual agriculture, is is the immediate impact. Uh, probably immediate. Yes. Obviously, over time you get marginal gains through ag better agriculture. Yeah, I mean, even, even something like variety separation is a basic concept that a lot of people yeah. haven't considered. Um, I mean, I was in Peru, and there was these coffees that were very close to being amazing, and then you'd find out that have 10 or 20% catamore. Yeah. And, you know, catamore can come through with, with a certain sort of dryness and astringency that wasn't as pleasant as the rest of the, say, Couture cup profile. So things like lot separation... Um, yeah you know, uh, variety separation, as simple as it seems, even just understanding the soil or, or, or what other sort of cross-cropping you've got that can... Have, have, have they got their, have they got their um, farms set up in a way where the varieties are separated? Some do, yeah. some don't. Some you can actually just walk through and, and literally see a, a yellow bibon next to a katura yeah. um, with some tipica and... And, 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 and is that, has that just been hybrided that way? Just like as in that's been, you know, like, or has it been planted um, willy-nilly? Yeah, I think, I think probably willy-nilly. It depends on sort of ages of trees and things like that and what's yeah, happened right. as well. Had some but gaps and they've just gone, oh, we've yeah. got this, let's plant that but there. But part of it also comes down to who's picking. Yeah. Um, I, I saw a really, I don't know if it's a recent trend, but I saw a, a group in and around Pitalito that uh, they, they all sort of assist each other, their neighbours in picking. And yeah. as opposed to having sort of migratory pickers, yeah. they all understand how to take a bit more care. And yeah. they weren't weighing, so they're not getting paid on weight. Yeah, right. um, they're just all helping each other out. And so that, that means only picking what's, what's, uh, what's ripe, for instance. So um, even that's, that, a, that, that's a great example of the small guys working together to achieve yeah. great things. So yeah. those are the sort of immediate things as well, not to, not having too many unders and overs um, at the picking point. You know, that that's a real obvious thing. Yeah. Well, it's something certainly we notice when we're roasting is that when we get, you know, a Keturah lot that's screened, it just roasts so much easier than, say, you know, an RTB that, that or, you know, the entry-level, you know, coffees where there's multiple varieties. You, know, you get... You know, the small beans are roasted too much and the big beans aren't roasted enough and the middle-sized beans are roasted yeah. you know, perfectly. And, and you, get, you, you get that variation. And you, you start know. to notice maybe what combination of two varieties can still roast well together, for yes. instance. Yes. Um, but yeah, I think, I think variety separation, whether it be at the picking, whether it be in the, in the planting, whether it's understanding what the cross-cropping is and how that's affecting the soil. So obviously certain things when they biodegrade, what they give the soil or, or, or take away from the soil... Um, they're all important, and that's where the agronomy people come in. Are you guys doing any like grafting of rootstock, you know, for, that might withstand some of the environmental problems, but putting something else on on top to uh, get I a don't different product? Know exactly what we're doing at our own farm, but we yeah. do have a farm for various experiments. Yeah, cool. um, but I could definitely find out. I mean. One thing we've been very strong on since, um, uh, I guess, the, the rust movement is, is keeping couture plants and keeping those old plants, yep. but just actually managing the rust correctly. Yeah, okay. um, so my can, understanding you, can you just explain to some of our listeners what rust is? Yeah, well, essentially it's, a, it's like a fungal um, infection that attacks predominantly the leaves, um, but it does a bunch of things. It, it, it takes away the leaves that could potentially um, create some sort of shade and, and shelter for the plant. But obviously when, when a plant is, is focusing on, a, a bit like a human, if you're focusing on uh, healing a certain area, then it can also have effects on yeah. things like cherry development. Um, but we've been very strong on, on people not ripping out those old plants um, that, uh, that, yeah. that have been sort of pruned back and keep having, you know, their cycles. They, they call it soccer when they sort of prune it down. But we, we wanted people to keep those but understand that there's certain ways that you can look after rust as long yeah. as you get to it at the right times. Yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. from, from what I understand, there's, like, if you, if you multiple varieties, um, good, good food, um, um, 
fertilizing I, I suppose is 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 key natural fertilizers is key from what i understand um yeah yeah exactly we, 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 we've had lots of coffee that arrived with that had leaf rust and basically there's lots of quakers so lots of underripes in the cherries so you know you roast the batch and you look down at the cooling tray and it's horror you can see it yeah Cool. More. Craig's yeah. here. Let's pick his brain. What's How's that the, coffee? What's in the What's in the batch? Which one did you have? Conga. Conga down there. Is there any of the co-cherry <coughs> remaining there, Tommy? Mm. And that's a spitting spitting pourer. Oh. You'll get some air and some coffee out of that if you want. The co-cherry is amazing. Good comparison of those two vac pots, as we were talking earlier, is. They were both brewed within half an hour of each other. One's boiling hot and one is yeah. warm. Yeah, not, not servable. Yeah, it's like it's kind of like just below drinking temperature now, but yeah. that's only a couple hours ago, two hours. Yeah. Two I hours wonder ago. if this, this screw screwed through the back of the vac pot has anything to do with the integrity of the... Oh, yeah, shouldn't have put that there. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> thought it looked cool. Can you pass me that? Yeah, yeah sure. Please. Do you like qualities that mm. Yeah, um, um, we'll make you some espresso later on. I've just poured the conga from the Fetco back pot. Boiling, isn't it? I can't drink it. Yeah, it's so <laughs> hot. Well, there you go. That was, that was brewed two, so Marco, two hours ago. Marco, if you're listening, fix your back pots. Marco Master, if you're listening, fix yeah, your back pots. Everyone except Fetco, Fetco fix your good back job. pots. Well, you know what? Everyone just buy every, all, all, all coffee manufacturer just buy your vat pots vac pots through fetco and sell those ones because they work i didn't know there was product placement (laughs) (laughs) there's no placement i think we have 12 listeners so you know we're just Uh, five of them are here yeah yeah, yeah, totally uh i've got so many questions for you craig i don't know where to start you know like um uh, i suppose you know this is probably a loaded question as as I've, and this is this is this is the question I've, I've, I find asking myself all the time. So like how how as coffee roasters can we assist in uh, in you know the betterment of uh, producers, you guys, the whole system, you know, how, the whole I ecosystem. I think the, probably the number one is I think um, some roasters can be pretty guarded about letting us know what they're actually up to. And, uh, no, that's I'm not a, that's not us. I'm a, no, I'm a pretty intuitive person, but I think sometimes when you don't find out volumes, don't find out the origin specifics, don't find out the flavour profile someone's looking for, it's pretty hard to get them what they want. Oh yeah, right. So um, yeah, I mean, I so, guess so, so so do you think that's, that must be fear, right? Yeah, I think maybe they think we're going to tell other people, which is not the case. It's, yeah. you know, our job is to, to keep those secrets and um, just do, do the best we can. But I think the more knowledge we have about what it is that someone's trying to achieve, where they're going, what, what sort of coffees, we find we can, um, I guess, tailor things. You know, I could bring you 100 samples and all, all 100 could be wrong. Yeah. I could bring you another 20 and they could be... Certainly something you do really well is that, you know, it, you know we, we try and taste all coffees that come from all suppliers. Yeah. Try to, you know, it's... You know, we're such a small team. And yeah, Feed, feedback's always nice. Yeah, um, but, you know, what we, we realise is the coffees that you do send us, you know, 100% of them, you know, we could probably buy all of them and serve them and and they'd be, you know, everyone would be happy. That last table that we had from you guys was, I think it was, it was just picking. Cher- like, cherry picking, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Mm. Like, the there was so much consistency on that last lot mm. of samples that we got. So as far as quality, but also flavor profile goes, yeah. yeah. And and in the Kawa, like you roast, yeah. you know, like they're all that you roast them all. They're all the same. Like yeah. As far as as far I as they're all, all the solubilities are the same, and it all just works. Yeah. You know. But we're getting better at knowing what you want because yeah. you're open. Yeah. So we're less inclined to send you samples that maybe don't suit your purposes, and I think that sort of backs up what I was just saying. Yeah. yeah. But I think that's that's the number one thing. I, I just yeah. think it's. You know, when I walk into a roastery and, and they're like, oh, so this is roughly what we're doing now and this is what our main construction is and this is our single origin program and, and this is how much filter we go through and these are what we look yeah. for and da-da-da, bang. I can send them 10 samples a week later and nine are going to be pretty much there or thereabouts. Totally. Um, otherwise, I could be toing and froing for months and months on end. So. And, and I think as small business operators, like time's the finite resource. Yeah. You know, and if you can, if the coffee can arrive and, it's, and it works and... And and there's no issues and it's within your guidelines, you know. 
I mean, what else do we need? I mean, yeah. just get on with it, right? Exactly. You have time to do podcasts then. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think probably the other thing, if I was to think about roasters in general, um, here here's not really an issue. You've got a little bit of space, but I think it's really interesting how few roasters have enough space to store coffee. Yeah. And just me personally, I mean, I've run cafes and I've worked in roasteries. I think when you run a cafe, you kind of want to make sure you've got enough space to store milk. Yeah. And I think when you when you run a roastery, you just want to make sure you've got enough green storage. Yeah, and and so I think even that's certainly that, certainly a problem we had we had last time last last premises. Yeah. I'm not sure if you went there, but it was this time last year. This yeah. time last I year, there was I coffee outside up. in the sun because we couldn't fit it in yeah. the roastery. And I think from that, what what it ends up doing is it just means that, that the, the roaster is able to. Uh, eh? Um, be a bit more flexible in what they do because they're able to have maybe several more options. It also means that they're able to, um, you know, work out both logistical and, and, yeah. and sort of favourable things around pricing. Yeah, so it, it, I think back and it's certainly um, somewhere where we could have saved so much. I mean, the, the, the difference in rent for the extra 10 or 20 square metres to store, to, to store the coffee, mm. like, you just make it up. As soon as you're doing... You know, half a pallet a week or a pallet a week. You make exactly. you, 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 you're making it up. If you can ship four pallets at the time, yeah. if you can use a local distribution yeah. center, like you know, you guys have moved all, moved all our stocks in Brisbane, and that saved us like a thousand dollars a month. You know, that covers the rent difference. Yeah. You know, I just it, spoke it, to it, a roaster yesterday just, just about um, you know just getting themselves a, a bit of an ordering um, system and, and and so on, where maybe they get you know the blend component by the pallet once a month, and then yeah. they get a couple of other things a yeah. week later and then they get some small bits and pieces a week later then they take a week off whittle it down and yeah. start over again so I think but that, that relies on a little bit of space but it just allows them to be more organised so I, I, I think recently Mike and Tom have shared our our stock spreadsheet with you guys yeah. you know I think that, that's good for us too you know, yeah. it's, you know, it's just to be able to know that you've got our backs and if you know it means that we can be forgetful and <laughs> well it's funny you should say that but <laughs> That's, it, that's what it should be. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're a yeah. service. We've got a couple of people where, you know, I'll sometimes tell them how much coffee I think they've got left. Yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah, okay, right. How, how did you know that? And it's like, well, it's, it's kind of actually my job. Um, yeah, yeah. You, but, yeah, I think that's what it should be. You know, we're there to make sure you've got good coffee. So yeah. I think it's in our best interests as well. But, yeah, I just think that sharing of knowledge back and forth, I think it should go two ways. Same again, goes back to that story about a relationship. You know, it should be equal. Do cupping forms work? Do cupping forms? Yeah. As in receiving? As in like, you know, yeah, as in, we don't use a cupping form, right? We don't, we use our own, right? It's like, yeah, you know. I don't, I don't think it matters so much what people do. I think as long as you kind of calibrate with them, you know, I could cup with one set of people and they cup way different to someone else, but yeah. as long as I understand what they're up to and so what really their words mean. a personal relationship. Yeah. yeah, someone says vanilla and someone says you know, raw sugar. Yeah. It's like, you know, you, 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 get, you get in the groove and you work out what people are about. What um, what what's been exciting lately in the that you've been tasting? Uh, exciting. Be well, the Mexico coffees were probably way more exciting than we anticipated. Yeah. Awesome. Um, yeah. I mean, we we expected. Did some, they sell well? Uh yeah, yeah, yes and no. I mean, yeah, the smaller lots sold pretty well. Um, I think at this stage, Mexico and Peru, for that matter, are a little bit about educating that the model there is changing. Um, and that it's no longer that, uh, let's say, sort of traditional, cheaper blending coffee with, um, you know, some of the certifications. Um, but yeah, Mexico, the Mexicos were were outstanding. Um, I thought they're just just really different. Um, and also, we, we we enjoyed our lot. Like that yeah, that, exactly. that lot that we had was didn't last long enough. Stella, yeah. like two thirty kilo bags, and it yeah. was. I didn't even get one cup of the actual roasted coffee. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, and the last cup, me, the last batch was pretty good. Oh, I, 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 drank, <laughs> I drank multiple sample roasts of it and it was delicious. It was a honey process. It was so not what we do. Yeah, and, you exactly. Know, but it was like, yeah. oh, it was so good. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so, so yeah, good. Mexico definitely punched above its weight. Um, and obviously, we, we've now got an office um, set up in, in Mexico or, yeah. or about to be set up. And uh, I believe we're going to be operating in four states there. Wow. Oaxaca? Chiapas. Uh, Veracruz yep. and obviously another one that I can't remember yep. the name of. Yep. Um, traveling to Origin, tell us, like, you know, we're such a small business. Yeah. Um, what benefits are there um, holistically for the business, for the people, 
Like, is there actually a benefit other than pure enjoyment of travel, which is which should be embraced by real, I believe? Yeah. Uh, but is, is is there actually like, tangible? Tangible. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, if I can just rant on about yeah. that, is like I, I would not have the confidence because I'm a you know I'm coming passionate guy well i mean uh, I, 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 i'm gonna know, i'm gonna reference your last podcast because yeah. i actually did listen to it oh cool so i'm one of the 12 and uh so now we had you know them. and, and you, <laughs> you you brought up talima and and I, I visited talima this year and um for a long time i've thought that i you know i've always been a fan of colombian coffees which actually drew me to caravella I've, I've also been a fan of talima coffees and then i started to think that it was kind of these southern talima coffees and then i started to think that it was kind of this one area of southern talima and in the end, I've like almost narrowed it down to okay, when it's, you know, Bourbon and Keturah at that altitude, roughly there, that's going into that warehouse. So I think you actually, going back to learning about what you want, I think you learn even more about what you want. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. I think it gives you a greater appreciation of the logistical issues that are yep. faced. Yep. Um, so, know, so, so, so it's more awareness. Awareness, yep. Um, but also, there's that great unknown. You know when you travel somewhere you've never been before totally. to experience a bunch of things totally. you've never experienced before? So it comes down to experience. Yeah. Um, um, you know, personal development. Yep. Um, personal you know, probably you know, more than business, but gr- that translates into business, right? right? Gra- you know, you, yeah. you, in, in instant gratification for, yeah. for, for the job. Exactly. And, I mean, a wise and, man once said to me, you don't teach people to be good workers, you teach them to be good people. Yeah, yeah. And... and, and that translates into work. So I think it's, yeah, I think it's more a personal growth thing. Yeah. Um, but it definitely gives you a greater appreciation, I think, of the, the intricacies and the logistics that are faced, you know, whether it be that this guy can only put two sacks of, of yeah. coffee, you know, on his motorbike and drive five hours yeah, to get yeah, it checked right. or whether, you know, it's this, quite, this it's, lady it's, is, so is running right? the farm because she lost her husband, yeah. you know, whatever it happens to be. Yeah, um, yeah it is. It's very humbling. And, and, and you know... For us that are already passionate about the product, I mean, I imagine it, it would add another dimension of. Uh, it really does. Of, of I've only gratitude. been traveling to Origin for the last three years of my life, and I've been in coffee 15. And I'd say I learned more from yeah. the last three than the previous 12. Yeah. And I, I, I would say I've probably learned more about coffee in the year at Caravella. Just from turning up. Just from yeah. under, you know. So, yeah, it's. um. I think it's one of those great unknowns. I don't know if it's that tangible until you actually go and have that personal growth experience. You know, um, Wait, I've had, I've so, so main harvest obviously already happened. So our, our, the possibility of us all going to Colombia next year would be, it would be August, September. Is um, that right? Yeah, I mean, depends on what you're what you're looking at. I mean, if it's Tolima, I, I travelled sort of July, August, and that's that's a really good time. Yeah. Um, you know, but the thing is, is with with um, Colombia, is the way the the two main departments that we deal with anyway work, is you've essentially always got some coffee. Yeah. So you could go over to a part of Willa and see some coffee as well, for cool. instance. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, some people try and match it up with things like, um, you know, the SCA or whatever it happens yeah. to be. Um, I, yep. You know, Nicaragua, for instance, they're starting. You know, they're well into harvest now. So some people travel. Uh, in and around summer so that they can see the, see the harvest. Some people sort of match it up to the, the latter parts of harvest so that they can do things like, you know, go to Seattle or whatever. But um, I would definitely recommend that you, you know, probably helps if someone stays here and does the roasting. But, you know, <laughs> um, maybe, you know, sort of stagger it and, and all start uh, jumping on board and doing trips for sure. Yeah, I just... Budget's the biggest thing, you know. Yeah, exactly. You know, that, 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 that's, that's the biggest thing and I just... Yeah, it's like allocating the money and yeah. and uh, and you know that's that's the hard part, right? Yeah, you know? I think and, that's and, 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 and I see some of the commercial roasters like you know sending baristas to Origin. Yeah, I'm like how do you, you know where where does that money come from to be able to do that? Yeah, you know, especially from if they're going from Australia or something. You know, totally. fair enough if you're in the US. Like totally. it's a bit easier. Yeah, totally. yeah. but. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if it helps, some of those Central American countries in particular have some pretty good surf. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. Nicaragua, El yeah. Salvador. Nicaragua. <laughs> um, yeah, no one heard that. <laughs> um, Hopefully by then the Loring's just, you know, doing it thing. And do it. We've yeah. employed a, a real Marvel bot to... Yeah, Joe's yeah, yeah, hacked totally. the IP and... Yeah, 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 yeah totally. And totally, we've got, we've got like... 
all the coffees on that wall in vats that just roast itself and, yeah. and, you know hey you know I, I, I'm all for automation if, if it means that we can go to origin and, yeah. and, and, and I have, also think Byron's uh, the sort of place that if you needed a stand and roaster you probably wouldn't be short of people yeah, yeah, scrambling yeah. to come we're, 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 we're facing a bit of that at the moment and uh, one of the one of the so we actually advertised for a, for a job placement Tommy's moving south I'm envious because there's great surf down there Haha, I hope it's crowded now. Um, I still know all the or, or, There'll be 12 more people in the breaks now because they, they're all going to know that down south is better than up here. Well, that's the, that's the perfect example. One of your mates was telling me the other day that he, that he went to a, a break down there that, you know, we grew up surfing and he said, oh, it's, it's got so crowded, man. He goes... Six people. On the, exactly. On, <laughs> on the point, that, like the split point, both left and right, there was a total of 12 people in the lineup, and that was crowded. <laughs> yeah, you know... Um, I forgot where we were, but um, somewhere between surf and coffee. Oh yeah, yeah. So, so we're, we're, we're trying to hire, we're, you know. So we're, we're trying to get a replacement person, and you know, in this small business, it's not just the roasting job. It's yeah. it's everything. You know, it's there's th- basically three of us: Mike, Joe, and myself, and Tommy. It's four. And we're, you know, that's basically we're going to help her occasionally to come to put stickers I, I on did bags. Listen to the podcast last yeah, week, yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Right, cool. So you know, like that. You know, getting that extra. And, so Byron, right, you know, living in Byron, and it's like getting the person that wants to move here to be to live here and want to live here, not just a summer holiday. It's so difficult. It's so tough. You I know, think it's, it's equally appealing to some as it, as it isn't to others. Yeah, yeah. It was a hard place to live. Yeah. Byron is a hard place to live. You know, you know, um, you know, it's expensive. It's you know, rentals are difficult. You know, it's a hard place to live. And yeah, we're just we're just struggling at the moment just trying to find someone that that has that common goal of you know being here you know which is uh aside from that one thing i'll say about byron that is maybe uh outside of the common perception is that once you scratch the surface surface of the community it is one of the most inclusive communities that i've come across no matter who you are agreed um and it doesn't always look like that from the it just looks like a tourist town with yeah. with, with hippies and, yeah. and 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 what's the I other what's the th- other I think as well like hipsters, it's got a, I suppose but it's not that it's right not that. it's not that yeah okay, it's one that. it's one of the areas of Australia you know to the best of my knowledge as well that has really tried to bring its indigenous culture to the fore as well um, whereas totally. you know that's totally. definitely fell by the wayside in a lot of other communities and yeah, I think that's a credit because that's not often the case in a tourist area this area is really important to indigenous communities mm. you know it's where the, um, the 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 women came to heal and came to have children and um, it was it's it's really a cornerstone of indigenous community like especially on the coasts. Uh, but anyway, that must be like the two hardest things to balance: tourism and and keeping that culture, though. Like yeah, yeah, I, and I, then dealing with other I, people I, that complain about the potholes. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think the council have realised that, and they're now. You know, changing changing the the focus to from 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 um, from tourism to, or they're trying to you know uh, make it more um, uh, knowledge based. So yeah. like you know they were trying to get the CSIRO in to to Mullum and that's yeah. Simon Richardson, uh, and you know doing startup hubs and getting NBN in quickly. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you know anyway that's political um, what's the f- what's what, where was your best cup of coffee this week what was what was your most what was your most enjoyable cup of coffee this week do what you know what it? my most enjoyable cup of coffee this week was a double espresso that I had at a little cafe in Mona Vale by a guy who who roasts um, at, a, at a collective in Sydney and he was using uh, Joel Guzman which is a um, a Honduran coffee that we that we brought in, and I think only about two or three roasters got it. And um, yeah, it was cracking. It was it was it's. I'd say it was the best espresso I've had this year, actually. Wow. Um, cool. I was trying to rack my brain. It's not the best ever. It's in a it's in a group. Yeah. Um, That's good. Yeah. It was um, memorable. Super juicy. It sort of. I think a lot of Honduran coffees can have a mildness about them. I mean, yeah. there's a lot of bibon there, so there's a lot of that sort of sweet, mapley, quite yeah. neutral. Um, balanced. Yeah, balanced, you know, not we, we, too we, heavy. Which, we, which can be perceived as boring, but it's so yeah, amazing. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, but this was juicy. Yeah, this cool. was 
you know, big, and it, it just lingered. Um, yeah, it still had that kind of super sweet, treacly, um, but there was like a little bit of a yeah, uh, almost like black currants or something. I want to go and have one. Well. Yeah. What, was, what book are you reading right now? What's that? Sorry? What book are you reading at the moment? What book am I reading at the moment? Uh, I'm actually reading. Uh, see, I have no imagination, so I have disclaimer. So I, I only watch documentaries as opposed to movies and so on and so forth. I'm reading a book about artifacts of uh, the early cultures of Latin America. Cool. That my mm. daughter bought for me at a book fair cool. for one dollar. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> that sounds amazing. It's an artifact itself. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's really interesting. It's essentially the lower part of Central America and South America only. So it's divided up into four Maya. sort of. Yeah, from Types. about Panama down. Yeah, right. um, and cool. they've sort of broken it up into four four categories, um, loosely based on on um, geography. Cool. So yeah, that's what I'm. What are you reading? More to the. Uh, I'm actually so I'm working ten on ten things probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> I won't talk about reading. my issues, but I, I find it difficult to read, um, just because I do. So I listen to podcasts and mainly and Audible. I, Audible's like yeah. thing. So I'm listening. To, I'm watching, listening to the three books at the moment. Yeah. The one at the moment is called Blue Horizons. And it's about um, just the blue, uh, the blue zones in the world, and that, that they're, they're the happiest places in the world, mm. and. Uh, it was in National Geographic last month, so I got, kind of got on, on top by that. Um, uh, Dan, I can't remember his last name, um, wrote the book. He was been working for National Geographic for 20 years. Um, and uh, he, you know, basically documented the happiest places in the world and why. And, you know, kind of trying to build a bit of culture in, in, the, in the company, in the business, and keep everyone happy, and it's kind of relevant. I'm trying to figure out ways to, you know, grow the business in a way that um, uh, with sustainability, you know, like, you know, there's true happiness in our staff, in their flexibility of hours, um, um, pay rates, how do we do that? I mean, the award rate, the award rates in Australia are just, you know, they're just ridiculous. If you, for, the, if, for, if, for what you know, pay to live. It's interesting when, yeah. you, when, when the question came up earlier about selling coffee, my first thought went to Yvonne Chenard of Patagonia even though he's got nothing to do with coffee because I just like the, yeah. jer- the journey that they're trying to yeah, do. Yeah, 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 totally. I've, re- I've, I've read that book. Or, yeah. I actually read the book. Yeah. But I lost it because it wasn't digital. I don't know where it went. Um, um, yeah, so Blue Horizons is really good. And um, um, so what else am I reading? Uh, a book on mushrooms by, by T-Row. That was on the Rich Roll podcast. Um, uh, basically just you know fungi I don't know much about fungi other than there's some great mushrooms that uh, other than psychedelic properties that people are probably giggling about right now the adaptogenic properties adaptogenic and how they work and you know that's pretty cool right like that you know the mushrooms can adapt you know they're they're the quickest uh, um, adapters in 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 uh, in our there was a on, on, on our planet, and 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 before I lose the thought, there's yeah. about too much coffee. Um, uh, those adapted, so basically, you know, plastic can now be um, broken down by by fungi, right? And so, so plastic was around, you know, started 80 years ago. So it's you know, in that time, fungi have figured out that they can break down plastic. But only that, you can eat the fungi and not be not get BPA poisoning or whatever it's going to be, you know. So so by eating these mushrooms, you you. you, you it helps you adapt in every situation. So like whether it's stress or whether it's, you know, trying to figure something out. So in, in the roastery here, we, I, I, I make concoctions for everyone. We have chaga, we have lion's mane, we have, uh, um, uh, cordyceps Reishi. and reishi. Reishi. Um, reishi helps you, helps you relax, you know? So if you have like, and, and turmeric, we have lots of turmeric in, the, in you know, so we've had too much coffee and, we're buzzing and we've cupped and so three rounds of cupped. Yeah, yeah. If we daily, yeah. So, so if we, so he totally. So we, you know, I, I noticed that if we give everyone, you know, so, some reishi, some um, some chaga, and some um, turmeric in a drink, everyone kind of calms back down again and gets a bit more focused. Sometimes when the chaga dose is <laughs> excessive, excessive, <laughs> calm if I, is if, I, a, if I goes to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, but that's okay because you just have more I coffee, right? I remember my right? first experiments <laughs> with making chai and I got really confused and wondered what was going on and then someone said, how much nutmeg have you been putting in? Oh. And I was like, oh, a reasonable amount, but I've been trying. And I was like, okay, yeah, that's, that's it. At, at, so, yeah, that's a goer, isn't it? It makes yeah, you go. Yeah, things were going pretty wobbly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> nutmeg is, is almost the... Anyway, so yeah, that's what I'm reading. Um, uh, yeah. Just on the one comment about mushrooms, I was listening to something the other day, that I'm, and I'm not sure what kind of fungus this was, but they set up an experiment in Japan that um, basically put some carbohydrate source, being oats in this case, um, in nodes that replicated the Tokyo um, subway system. And the fungus was within like... Uh, I can't even remember what the time frame was, but a very small amount of time, reorganised the Tokyo subway system to a more efficient system that the humans could provide. Yeah, right. <laughs> I, think I, I think I've seen a similar That's experiment sick. with ants. Yeah. Not yeah. to do with the Tokyo, but yeah, roughly... Yeah. Oh, awesome. Yeah. It's like, you know, redesign this. Okay, efficiencies, yeah. here we go. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think if some... If think if we had a fungi to redesign our um, roastery, it would be great. Yeah. <laughs> Probably look pretty cool too. Yeah, yeah. Well, the biggest, I didn't realise the biggest fungi in the world is 25 kilometres in diameter or something. It's in, wow. it's in, it's in uh, on the east coast of, west coast of uh, the States, Portland, I think, through through the Red Forest or something. Like that. But anyway, one organism, the biggest organism in the world. But anyway, um, and I remember listening to a couple of podcasts about um, coffee and uh, Tim Wendelbo talking about, you know, um, how fungi... Uh, you know, it really is the last or the the the, the final frontier. Or maybe it's not. Maybe it's the. It's like shit that farmers aren't doing right now. Organic fertilizers, fungi, and getting the transfer of, you know, what he, what it was a, there was a podcast between him and Coffee Awesome, was it? Yeah, yeah. Talk, talk, talking about the the transfer of, of 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 water, bacteria from plant to plant, and it's all by the fungi system. It's the mycelia. Mm. The mycelia yeah, is the is the link yeah. between nutrition within the soil yeah. and nutrition of the plant. And you know, we we water things with chlorinated water, yeah. and that kills the mycelia. We put artificial or chemical fertilizers on things, and it kills the mycelia. And it it is the key to the well-being of the plant. That's and take that further potentially to the whole planet. Like it's more than just the plants. Yeah. It's us. It's keeping us together. Showering in showering chlorinated water I, yeah. in a bleached environment. Purely anecdotally, yeah. I um, I put a whole of house water filter on our house eighteen months ago. Yeah. And I noticed several things. I noticed within two weeks my vegetable garden was substantially healthier. Wow. It, it was more vibrant. It was inst- instantly starting. Leafy greens were cropping far more efficiently and just everything looked better. I also noticed that we had to clean the shower and the toilet more regularly because they weren't bleached every time you use them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, you know, like, yeah. it, w- it was I, I, really... I, I often think about the connection between my daughter and, and us bacterially, you know, like as in, you know, like I have this imaginary thought that maybe, you know, by baby being close to us we give them some sort of bacterial force field you know that 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 enables them to like you know to like uh you know resist flus and colds that we resist Mm. you know and you know by having you know chlorinated showers and and all that sort of stuff you're breaking all that stuff down so Mm. don't shower although (laughs) although that's really difficult if you're a waitress or whole of house water filter whole house (laughs) water filter yeah when i used to live in the hills i used to go for an ocean swim after work and you have a really big salty you know swim wash off and then on the way home i'd go for a swim in the fresh river water yeah right and like i that i've never been cleaner in my life just bathing naturally yeah yeah, i mean for me the thing i've stayed clear of and i mean i've got quite short hair at the moment so it's probably not the best example you've got great hair craig no, that's sort of... You've got great of, radio here. Grey or great? Great. Great. But no, I've avoided um, general shampoos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool, and, cool. And on the rare occasion I do go to a hairdresser, 
the first comment is, you know, you, your hair is so incredibly healthy. Like, what yeah. are you doing? Like, just <laughs> Nothing. Me, you, don't, you don't want to know. Yeah, so, I mean, you know, if we, you know, that's kind of, that leads us back into coffee. It's like, do as little as possible. Yeah. Don't, 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 don't use clean, use no. clean water. Use well, coffee's this huge industry. Yeah. And, and on that, I think there's been very little um, science involved in coffee. I mean, obviously there is, there are some bodies that do a lot of research, but comparatively, comparatively for the size of the industry, when you compare it to other major industries in the world, there's very little science has been involved. Mm. It's still, you know, it is small scale producers up in the hills yeah. doing their best. Yeah. And people like us hopefully advising them in the right yeah. manner. Cool. I think on that note, we can probably tie it up. Any, do you have any questions for us, Craig? Um, no, yeah, no, no, mean, no, no, no pressure, but no, love, love I mean, to answer them. I think we started on it a little earlier because we were talking about price, but I mean, Marble Street's obviously got its own ideas, but where, where do you see specialty coffee itself going in five years' time? Yeah. Uh, one, one thought on that is, is that the specialty creates a distinction as something and then like there's specialty and then there's other. And so the direction of specialty almost, or the word specialty almost needs to be removed because we want to lift everyone to a point where everyone's serving good coffee and that we're removing the commodity sort of market from it. So everyone, yeah. all the farmers are producing quality coffee, so everyone's more even and therefore it's not specialty anymore. It's just so coffee. It's yeah. just coffee. It's coffee. All, 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 all coffee is great. I feel like they'll always be a, a separation. Whether everything just comes up to the level it's yeah. the like we're aiming for right now, and then people like us and other similars just you, get better. You, 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 and you, you know, you know what I hope happens. I hope this is you know. I hope that there is something major that happens as far as service that defines specialty to commodity, yeah. and and that we can sell coffee for a lot more money, and 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 the, the producers. I mean. From what I understand, the producers in, in the specialty market are profitable, and they they can send their kids to school, and they can get health cover, and they yeah. can. So it's the model their, is kind their of their lives improve. Yeah, the the the, the 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 model's kind of working. Yeah, I've never been to Origin in Central or South or Africa. I've been you know to Asia, um, and and seen how it doesn't work. Yeah. Um, um, but I hope that we're talking a hundred, two hundred dollars a kilo. I hope that. Um, you know, price for us is not a barrier. Like, you know, if we're talking about a beer, one beer, I mean, you know, I asked a question yesterday to someone, how many cups of coffee do you drink a day? And he's like, oh, two or three. I'm like, okay, cool. If there was $10, how many would you drink? And it's like, mm, I wouldn't pay $10. So it's like, well, if you had no choice, if you had, you know, seven, eleven, one dollar cup, or you had $10 amazing cup, he goes, well, I wouldn't drink it every day, but I'd drink, you know, and then, exactly. then you start to like, you know, I see think a that lot of so these topics are tied in. Yeah, yeah, totally. The price uh, will go up. I think we will totally, get them totally. To get alive. But there has to be a significant. People will brew more at home as a result. Totally, which and, is and, ideal. And then, and then, you know, w w what's the what's the major yeah, difference? You know, when I mean, this this coffee here that I'm drinking right now is nothing but extraordinary. Right, like I I love it. It's you know, I don't even know if it's extracted correctly, but I imagine that it is. It's sweet. It's clean. I imagine if I gave this coffee to anyone, they'd go. How can coffee taste like that? It hasn't tasted our coffee. Like it's, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's real. Take my hat off to the producers. You know, all we've done is roasted it as, um, as well as we can without faults. Um, and the question is, how much could you sell that for? And, you know, I just, um, I just struggle with the vision, that vision of what it's going to be like. Um, and I, I try and imagine, you know, the ten dollar cup and, uh, but. You know, it does. It, it can't be a ten dollar cup for the sake of being a ten dollar cup. It's, it. You know, there has to be a shift or a movement, um, uh, and maybe it's going to be that the developing nations take supply, and 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 we can't supply enough, or so they can't supply enough for the rest of the world. Well, and I think and, that's and, the and, key and that, point. And that's going to be the change. You know, I think we're drinking. You know, as a community, world around the world, drinking too much coffee, mm. or or drinking mindlessly drinking too much coffee and so as you were sort of mentioning before <laughs> we're drinking a lot this should be five liter thursday yeah. but you know like what you said before quality always win out and it's 
I think getting away from having like five cups of coffee a day to keep going, it's about, you know, enjoying and really um, acknowledging each cup as pres- presently as possible and therefore the reward of the $10 is, is given. Like, Yeah, so, you know, f- 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 I, I, I agree totally, you know, in, in enjoy and savour. You know, one of the mm. one of the one of the uh, one of the points in the uh, blue I think it's called Blue Horizons, yeah, Blue Horizons, is that savoring is really important. So um, don't drink three cups; just mm. drink one and enjoy it, and make sure it's awesome and be selective I and and what, travel what and, tra- and travel for that. Great. Call it two cups. Two cups. Yeah, yeah. yeah. one big cup like that. Oh, you know, when I when I talk about a cup, it's that. It's like an okay. Acme three hundred and fifty mil yeah, cup yeah, of filter. Yeah. Co- <laughs> you know, I, I I don't want to turn up to a cafe and get like a hundred. Because I still want to be able to sell coffee, and you still want to be able to roast it. Yeah, and yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, yeah. Yeah. no, no, it's, yeah, I yeah, agree so, with you though. So but that doesn't really enter the specialty market. No. The conversation we're having. It's you know the commodity market. Than I do now. I drink way less coffee. Yeah, two or three is perfectly fine for me. But I enjoy them all. And I make sure if I'm not getting my free coffee at work or here, I'm, I'm yeah. going into what I deem as yeah. a specialty cafe that's using yeah, I, a good roaster totally, totally. And, I, and it's justified. Uh, and, I, I, you know, we deal with 40... How many cafes do we have? 40 or something? 40 or, or so? Yeah. You know, and I, I try... Oh, well, I speak to most of them most weeks, most people most weeks, and just have a chat to most of our supplier, most of our cafes. But the biggest issue we've got, they've got is profitability, mm. you know, and, and they struggle putting their coffee prices up by 50, 50 cents or 10 cents or 20 cents. I'm like, just do it. Just mm. do it. Just do it. I've you know, and, 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 and theory, you put something up by 10%, you're yeah. not going to lose 10% of your customers. Yeah, yeah, so totally. even if you do lose 5% of your customers, yeah. totally. you're still Totally, yeah, still winning. I, I, absolutely. And, and, you know, and the, and the notion that every customer has to come to your cafe every single morning, I mean, that, I think that's a little bit weird as well. You know, like yeah. you need every customer to turn up every morning to drink coffee and you need to know their name and what they drink every day. I mean, that's, that needs to change. There's a few things I've seen in cafes. I think a lot of people feel you've got to run a seven-day operation. Yeah. But you don't. Yeah. You don't always have to run a seven-day operation. So I think there's money lost there. I think the other yeah. thing is, is hanging on and going right into those afternoon hours yeah. when you actually... Yeah. Have your rush cut off pretty early. Yeah. Um, yeah. I know you were supplying a place that you know um, in the Gold Coast. I presume it's still there. And that guy used to open at five in the morning or something ridiculous and, and shut at lunchtime. Yeah, DJ. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. And that for me was like, well, that's when you're going to make yeah. your money. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, you know, he, he he was smart in that operation. He, he made sure that he was in a great location and exactly. and, and didn't pay too much rent. So he yeah. kept the expenses down. You know, if, and if you're selling a if you're selling a high margin, low dollar. Um, product in volume, then you've got to keep those. You've got to yeah. keep those um, those those, those yeah. statutory expenses I think down. A professional on board too. I think people that go into the industry without knowledge, yeah, and assume it's going to be okay. Yeah, it's, it, it's yeah. pretty. It's it's a it's a definitely a walk-in walk-in uh, business where you can just walk in and open up. It's open door, right? You know, so I think that's mother and you know, someone described it as a mother and you know, mum and dad's industry where you mm. can just it's perceived as you know you can just go around a shop and yeah it's perceived as that's yeah, for sure totally. we all know the reality totally that's totally. maybe maybe that's why there's there isn't that separation in specialty and specialty you know like or there there isn't that price rise that we're talking about because it's not easy to open a bar or it's it didn't used to be it's a bit easier now but there's there's a whole lot of bureaucracy you've got to go through to mm. serve liquor I think public misconception as well. I always bring up the half the half size meal debate, which is if there's a, f- a fifteen dollar meal and someone wants a half size, you know, what what do you charge them? Mm. And everyone's like, well, roughly half, and it's like, no, you don't. The food portion of that meal should be five dollars maximum on the yeah. plate. So mm. you technically take two dollars fifty off, and you have a twelve dollar fifty meal. Yeah. The public perception would be that you're ripping them off, but they're mm. still using a Do you seat. give them half the service as well? well like that's when exactly you right. Half a seat, half the service, yeah. get out in half the time, you don't. You still give them yeah. the full experience, and yeah, that's exactly. where pricing comes from. Mm. Absolutely. So I think public misconception around why things are priced a certain way has a lot to do with it as well. Yeah. Mm. And, you know, common media as well, you know, talking about how, how much it costs to produce a cup of coffee yeah. have no grasp of reality either. And no. and we keep churning out those statistics, and that's not the reality. Yeah, just driving that misconception. Are we there? I think so. We've, We've done it. Two hours. Hey, cool. Um, thanks so much, Craig, for joining in. And thank you. Was I? Am I, am I the 
That would make me the first the first guest. 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 First guest. Yeah. Yeah. The first so guest. And there was some great content there. Boy Slim t shirt. Yeah. No, I'm number one. <laughs> 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 You're number one anyway, bro. It'd be a fight between you and Marky. Yeah, well, I came. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, thanks so much for joining us. No, and thanks, really thanks, crew, yeah, and, and, thanks. And, and everyone that's listening. Thanks so much for your support. Really appreciate it. Any questions? Anything we can do better? Please let us know. Um, wholesale customers, you can just whack it in on the app. Um, email us, ring us, text us. You know how to find us. Come and talk to us if you want to be involved uh, on any level. Uh, peace. Bye. Later. Chaka. Thanks, man. Awesome. Cool. Thank you.